with your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fan holes. Can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, of the sheer episode. <laughs> <laughs> Ah yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women, defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no heart! <laughs> Nobody can relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> Derek, in your Derek lair, do you have a list of that tells you, like, how to take down the other fan holes should we, like, go crazy. How does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us, because we don't explain it. Twenty-five years ago, they brought us a startling vision of the future. And now... Help! Jane, stop this crazy thing! They're back. All right. The Jetsons in their first feature-length motion picture. Congratulations. Someone is sabotaging Spacely Sprockets. <laughs> We've lost four vice presidents. And there's only one man for the job. Jetson? I wouldn't use Jetson if Spacely Sprockets were going bankrupt. He is expendable. Perfect. <gasps> oh, no. Space. The final frontier! Jetsons, the movie. Featuring music performed by Tiffany. We're made to be in love. The first movie from the family that's truly ahead of its time. Universal Pictures presents a Hanna-Barbera production. Jetsons, the movie. Hey guys, welcome back to a Spaceball-tastic, sprocket-erific episode of Fanholes Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I am not alone. I am joined by two, count them, two of my fellow Fanholes. Why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Crab Son! Mike. Hey, this is Justin, and Judy's boyfriend is blue on the right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and turquoise on the left side. Can't you see? Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, we're, we're here to discuss the 30th anniversary of Jetsons the movie. This was a film released in 1990 that I had no memory of ever seeing, and now I know why. I'm sorry, Justin. <laughs> It it's okay. I was um when I sit down and watch this, I was like, um, this this isn't as good as I remember. I was you, like, you, you know, I still I'm still not sure. I I, I kept looking because I'm like, dude, 1990. I mean, I I didn't have a car, so I mean, I would have had to have somebody bring me to see this. But I mean, this was the same. I mean, we did Turtles, right? I mean, I know I went and saw movies. And I was trying to remember if this was something I went and saw. And I, I have to be honest, I 
didn't really remember anything as I was rewatching the movie for this. And if I had seen it, I think I blocked it out of my mind. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I think I just, if I had seen it, maybe I watched it the one time and was like, this isn't that great. And then just forgot about it. Like this, I don't know. I, I I'm just going to go into it, but this, this, <laughs> okay. this, this seems to me to be, this unfortunately suffers from that whole, you, you know, the return of the Cape Crusader syndrome where it's like, you know, Adam West and Burt Ward and everybody, they're, they're like super duper old and you can hear it in their voices and stuff like this. And I, I think I literally read that uh, George Jetson like dropped dead, like immediately after he recorded his dialogue for this movie. I mean, and, and it's not like, it's not really a joke either. Not just him, but Mel Blanc, who did uh, Mr. Spacely, and yeah. then the original Elroy died before he could record anything. Yeah, before before they could even finish. Yeah, so so there there's that aspect to this, and then I guess what Judy recorded all her lines, and then I think Andrea Romano like took her name off the movie because they replaced her with Tiffany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tiffany wasn't very good, was she? No, um, no, I was going to say um, <laughs> that this is the third best thing Tiffany did outside of her music career. Number two, <laughs> num- number two is this really weird documentary called I Think We're Alone Now. And it's about all these weirdos who are even in the like mid-2000s, like strangely obsessed with her. It was very disturbing. And then, of course, the best thing she did outside of her music career was that issue of Playboy she was in. <laughs> but yeah she she was not very good in this and you know what i remember being little and you know you guys know me as much as derek is fond of the uh, asian ladies i've always been fond of redheads and i think i think that was one of the reasons i watched this as a kid because oh, okay. I, I mean i love the jetsons but i also like tiffany's music okay okay but yeah i don't remember her being so bad i mean there's She's not I, very good as a voice actress, but like her songs, like there's that one song, You and Me, and it's it's the sequence where you're like, this is so 80s. Like that's I think that's a good I think that's a good song and a good like animation sequence. Teen pop singer Tiffany is making her movie debut in the animated feature film The Jetsons. She plays George Jetson's daughter, Judy, and she says her experience singing to hordes of fans didn't prepare her for the first time she heard her voice in the theater. Dad? Uh, there's a dance at school this afternoon? That's nice, Dave. Oh, thanks, Dad. You're at her galactic. Tiffany says she never dreamed when she was growing up that she would be the voice of Judy Jetson, but this role is her first acting assignment, and she credits her director with helping her to overcome her inexperience. Just crying all of a sudden when somebody says to cry, and you're thinking, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> What's to cry about? But, you know, he was like, bring it. Okay, now bring it louder, louder, more and more. And after a while, I was only... Tiffany sings three songs written specifically for this film and says she tried not to feel intimidated by the thought of taking over a role that had been a TV cartoon classic for almost 30 years. If I wasn't doing a good job, I was hoping somebody would tell me so. Um, That's just the way that I am. If I can't do it or somebody thinks it's not a good job, you know, just tell me, you know. I'd rather that than somebody pacify me and it's out there and people are going ooh you know Tiffany says she feels so good about the results that while she plans to continue with her music she would like to develop an acting career as well I wouldn't want to do like main character because 
I'm not ready for that right now. Not today. Maybe, <laughs> maybe two days from now. But no, I would really like to do like a supporting role. The Jetsons opens around the country tomorrow. Meanwhile, daughter Judy Tiffany is concentrating on her music career. She has a new album of soul tunes. She says it's a radical departure from her previous pop teen sound. I, I know you were still talking about Tiffany. I thought you were about to lead into a confession about how you had like a kinky Jane fantasy or something when you started talking about redheads. <laughs> no, no, um, no. <laughs> so, so uh, my this is this is here. This is my my kinky thing that I was thinking of. I, I was I was shocked because uh, because I knew this was true, but I was like, man, not for lack of trying, but there's never been a live action jetsons movie tv show anything like like not for lack of trying they they tried they tried a number of times in pre-production to get something like that off the ground it just never happened and all i could think of and this is total typecasting and and totally like right up my uh uh i guess fetish alley or whatever but i i was like dude kiernan shipka or whatever like she she needs to be judy jetson in a live action jetson yeah yeah yeah, that's that's what I was thinking while I was watching this. Man, this 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 is is this the biggest bunch of propaganda in a movie you've ever? I'm sorry, this is just like totally like so. What, so the, Derek, the, the, the you movie, don't want to the... save the grungy? <laughs> I'm like <laughs> poor little grungies, man. I'm like I'm like wait, so so they have space monchi cheese that fucking are getting fucking <laughs> raped and pillaged. I'm surprised they don't like actually like cross the border or whatever the fuck. I don't know, man. Like it it's very it's very heavy handed. And then and then the funny part is even the beginning, like you you know what was never part of the Jetsons? I mean I almost feel like this kind of goes against like you know how like there's the segment of us who watch like all these new Star Trek shows and go, oh, this has nothing to do with the future that Gene Roddenberry envisioned. Like, I know Gene Roddenberry didn't envision the future of the Jetsons, but it seemed like the Jetsons was a property that was very much in alignment with that kind of philosophy that the future was going to be a better place for humanity. And I feel like there's a bunch of 90s concerns and or quandaries and or things that that were infused into this like the fact that there was a bunch of pollution and then rosie has to like raise their apartment above it as the solution and i was just kind of like when did jetsons and blade runner get like mashed together here like what and 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 that doesn't like what was that supposed to do? Tell you that even in the far-flung future, pollution's still going to be a problem if we don't do anything about it in 1990? Like, you'd think, if you can fold up a fucking car and make it a lunchbox and stick it in a little mailbox in the future, that, you know, I don't know, George can eat a pill and fart, like, pollution cleaner out of his ass or something cool that <laughs> would actually, like, you know, solve the problem, not just push a button that like raises their their little environmental cityscape above the atmosphere and of uh, course they they have to include the biggest concern of the late 80s early 90s which is going to the mall you guys <laughs> the space mall and space ball and all kinds of stuff <laughs> and oh my god guys like wait so judy judy had a date with the one guy 
And then she lost the date with the one guy because George gets promoted to vice president because Spacely's got his big scheme to have him push the button on the Grungy's planet to make sprockets. And mm-hmm. s- But he doesn't want to get busted for pushing the button because the buttons were were creating glitches, but the glitches were the Grungy's because they didn't want to die and be exploited. So that's why the glitches kept happening. But rather than Spacely going himself to push the button or having another robot push the button, he sends George to push the button and convinces his shareholders that that this is the cheaper option for, like, their declining stocks. Is that... I mean, is that the plot? Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me, but that's that's the plot of the. Let's get into an in-depth discussion about the plot of this movie. No, yes. Come on, it's a movie. Like this is ridiculous. Like people were paid for this, Michael. People were paid good cash, fucking money for this script, wait, man. Like, wait, the, like, wait, wait, wait. Can we talk about something positive for just a minute? Yes. Yes. Michael Bale and Frank Welker did half the voices in this movie. Yeah, I feel yeah, like. dude, dude, yeah dude. all the incidental voices. Yep. Talk about and, fulfilling that SAG contract, man. That that was more than three voices. That they they did everything in this. Uh, Welker was doing his good like Slimer impersonation for like the Grungies. Like the, I'm like he's just doing a Slimer. Like he's just kind of like <laughs> half-assing it for this one. I guess. Uh, oh man, I don't. Uh, yeah, I. I'm trying to think. I, I I guess I guess uh I I guess I think Apollo Blue is kind of cool. I guess for some reason I don't know why. Like he looks kind of cool. I, I figured you would think of him as like a space hippie and hate him, Derek. That's what I thought. Well, I mean, I I, I don't know. Like like he uh, I don't know. He he looks cool. Like I don't. You you know what you know what's sad about this is I I feel like watching this made me feel like like my dad generally does about animated properties in general. Like, I tried to pay attention to it really hard in the first 20 minutes. I I couldn't pay attention to it after the first 20 minutes. I drifted in and out and barely paid attention to it at all. And then right at the end, I was kind of like, okay, good, it's over. Like, and, and <laughs> if, I felt... If you, look in the, if you look in the dictionary under the word banal, like, you'll find this movie, <laughs> I think. Well, it's weird, too, because this was supposed to be, like, so so they had to establish, like, okay, you can watch the Jetsons on TV, quote-unquote, for free. Why are you coming to watch this as a movie? And you know what else I thought of when I was watching this? And that's kind of sad, is I, I was, like, the, the way some of the backgrounds were shaded and, and the, the music and even the way they tried to make the intro, it's the same intro as the TV show, but yet for a movie, so it was somehow the scope was... The scale was just slightly larger than it was for the TV show. Like it kind of reminded me of like Rock Lords, like that that they were like trying to be like, "Ooh, we've got a movie. We're Hanna Barbera." Like, ooh, but I don't know. I mean, the the backgrounds were were, were a little more immaculate than they would have been on the TV show. I don't know that it was anything to write home about. Like, I almost questioned whether or not George Jetson was the original George Jetson because of his his advanced years and how different and awkward he sounded from the the standard George Jetson. I, I could tell it was Mel Blanc immediately. I could tell that Elroy was a different voice. Uh, the the whole space ball, uh, like the whole 
like we're we're gonna make friends with like robot kids and we're gonna make friends with like the shaggy blue aliens that come from my pet monster or whatever like that that was probably a, a, a more subtle less hit you over the head message but I think that was still something that was infused in there of like look we can all sort of be friends and get along and and stuff like that the the I I don't know man I I, I don't know what else like like th- th- this this film didn't really engage me. I think if I did see it when I was a kid, I immediately like wiped it from my brain and probably with good reason. I I did see this in theaters. I think oh, my right? aunt Yeah, I think my aunt took me to it. And like I was trying like when I was watching this, I was trying to latch on to what vague memory I had of it. And like the clearest image I had of it was like that whole like underground sequence at the end where like I felt like everything was like darker and dingy, like where the grungies live, like under the the plant or whatever. And like for some reason, I just I, I had that mental image in my head of like it being like dimly lit and dark and, you know, stuff like that. And like I, I could not. I, I, I guess like connect reconcile my like nostalgic memories of this movie with watching it again, I guess. I don't know. Like it was like a short circuit disconnect where I was like, did I like, I couldn't remember if I enjoyed this as a kid. Cause I was probably, I think I was like six years old when I saw it. So like, I want to say I probably just enjoyed it as a kid. Cause I didn't know any better, but yeah, this was a rough watch, man. Like, like I, I watched it in two segments. Like, I, I watched, like, 40 minutes of it, and I was like, oh, I can't take this anymore. And I took a break for, like, eight hours and then watched the end of it. Like, Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I guess. Did you guys have, like, uh, uh, like t- to me, I felt like the things I have memories of is the actual jetsons tv show and i know i mentioned this before we were going to record about this but i think i think i have more fond and or distinct memories because of it being a crossover team up like i have memories of the the i think it was in 87 it's like the jetsons meet the flintstones and it was like a big tv special and i remember to me that was a huge deal because i was like wait the jetsons are going to meet the flintstones but why like that can happen like what um but, yeah, I yeah. I have fond memories of that crossover, and as far as this movie goes, like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I guess I pulled a Tony where I was like, oh yeah, I remember that was cool. We could talk about that, you guys. And then a few minutes into it, I was like, um, I don't know. And then about a half hour into this, I was like, oh, this is bad. This is gonna be bad. Oh no. <laughs> I I remember I wanted to see this in the theater, and I did not get to, but I rented it from that same movie place that had Transformers a movie and Clash of the Bionoids and I remember renting it more than once so I must have enjoyed it as a little kid but to be honest like I haven't seen this in probably 25 years or something so I guess I guess it was a case of my nostalgia going like oh yeah that was a good movie that I liked as a kid and then it's you know when you revisit it you're like oh I I kind of wish I hadn't revisited this because now I just kind of think it's you know like Mike said it's kind of bland and very uninteresting but I, mean, I i also like read all that stuff about like the voice actors that derek mentioned like how you know they, they died and stuff and now like i have the horrible knowledge of you know as derek would say is how the sausage was made or whatever yeah. so now like that that's a double whammy kind of to, to me it's like i'm i'm thinking of like the 
I could see why there would be an attraction to see a feature film version of the Jetsons. But then I, I imagine one, it, it, like everything we said, it, it, like I, I use the dad example, but I mean, I, I'd also bring up like something like it, this is this is the kind of movie that makes like nostalgia critic reviews like real. You know, like grounded, where it's like, oh, you can't go back again. You can't look at this with with rose tinted glasses. There must have been some kind of like big groundswell in the eighties for the Jetsons, because like I know that they made new episodes in the eighties. Because you had like I didn't know this until I started doing some research for this episode, but they only made like twenty four or twenty five episodes for the series in the sixties, mm. and then in the mid eighties they made like forty six or something like that. So I guess that kind of kickstarted like a new interest in the Jetsons, and they were like, "Oh, you guys, I think we can make a movie off of this." Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, my my bit of trivia to add to this episode, and I didn't even in- expect to stumble into it, but I watched um the gaming historians like uh, video on Super Mario Brothers three last week, and like he mentions like the movie The Wizard in it, and like you know how obviously like that was the first time a lot of people got to see footage of like Super Mario Brothers three, and <laughs> it. It seems that like in the, he brings up uh, like this bit of trivia that it seems like that whole movie is basically the fault of the Jetsons because it was supposed like they were supposed to release the Jetsons in like 1989, but they didn't want to they didn't want to go up against like I think it was like all dogs go to heaven or something or uh, the little mermaid like some whatever movie was mm. out that summer like they did not want to go up against that yeah. so instead uh what is this universal like uh they like the executives like they 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 knew like video games were super popular so they like you know they decided instead to like retool this existing script to like you know add some like product placement and video games into it and that became the wizard and that's what got released instead of like the jetsons hmm. And Derek, I know you're super interested in this, but it appears you can only get the Blu-ray in the United Kingdom. Ah, interesting. Interesting. I wonder, like, because th- th- this, so, okay, yeah. I'm just trying Derek's to... Derek's like, I, I would only buy the Blu-ray to burn it. I guess, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't know, like the... Um, yeah, I don't know, I'm, I, th- th- this was just something I guess I, yeah, yeah, again, I... I I don't know if it was even a revisitation, but, and, and it was just tough to, like Mike said, this was, this was definitely a rough watch, a rough revisit. I mean, it's not like Conehead's bad, but I mean, it's pretty bad. <laughs> like, Well, you know, this came out around the same time as Dick Tracy. Did you see that film? In the I theater, did. Derek? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like that's what I was trying to go through. Where I was like, I th- there were certain movies in 1990 where I went down the list, and and th- th- that's why it baffled me too, because I was like, oh, maybe the Jetsons didn't come out during the summer, and that would maybe explain it, right? You're you're a kid, you're going to school, like you have things to do, like whatever. But I think usually, if I look at my track record, that the minute it turns into the summer, I could see things where I'm like, oh, I went and saw this. I went and saw this, I went and saw this, 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 and, and, and I, I, I kind of looked at what was coming out. And like you said, I was like, that was, I remember we thought Dick Tracy was going to be like the next Batman 89. So we, we all geared up to go watch it. And of course I was kind of disappointed because it wasn't Batman 89 for me, but 
I do remember going to see it. You know, like, I think even, like, one of the movies on there was, like, Space Invaders. And I, I remember, oh, yeah, I went to the Fremont Hub to watch Space Invaders or what. You know what I mean? Like, I remember going to see movies. But the Jetsons, I, I'm, I'm still not sure. Like, I mean, m- maybe? Like, I don't, I don't know. Or maybe, maybe by that point, I just was, was not, I mean, I liked the TV show and I liked the, the Flintstones Jetson thing, and I just didn't see the, the Jetsons in the movies. I'm not, I'm still not really sure. You know, I toyed with the idea of doing a 30th anniversary show for Dick Tracy, and now I'm thinking I should have went with that instead of this. Uh, I mean, you know, th- th- there's there's a lot of people that have a lot of love for, for Dick Tracy as far as that movie goes. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think I'm one of those people, but I mean, I, I get why there's a lot of Love and appreciation for it. I think I would have rather revisited Dick Tracy than this. Because <laughs> I, I, I did see Dick Tracy in theaters as well. That was another, like, early movie I saw. And, like, I had the, like, the toy, like, radio watches and stuff. And they had the range of, like, two rooms. <laughs> like, my, my cousin would go in one room and I'd go in the other room and we'd be like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> like... Was there a lot of promotional stuff for this movie, this Jetsons movie that came out in relation to it? Like, were people buying toys or plush animals or something? I don't remember anything myself, but, like, looking at Wikipedia, it mentioned stuff for, like, Kool-Aid or, okay. and, uh, Wind- and Wendy's. Okay. But I don't, I don't remember seeing anything. Like, you know, that summer, 1990, the only movies I remember being promoted heavily were Dick Tracy and Days of Thunder. I wonder if I wonder what what was that Wendy's like? Were they like toys or glasses or? I'm not sure. Hmm, okay, I, I I do feel like it does. I mean, I compared it to Coneheads, but I mean, I do feel like it's one of those things where it's like the the Jetsons typically was what like a 22 minute sitcomy type show, right? Like I I think they and and to expand that to you know it's that thing of sometimes you're very successful, you take the sketch of Wayne's world on SNL and you expand it to this 90 minute movie comedy and it's, it's excellent, you know, party on or whatever. Like it's a, it's a good expansion of it. And then other times it's like, you take the sketch like Coneheads or, you know, I don't know whatever else they've done for, for SNL type sketches where they tried to make a whole movie about it, you know, Pat or um, I'm, I'm just trying to think of stuff that I thought was not worth making an entire movie about but but i i kind of feel like that that the jet this movie in particular i'm not saying they couldn't have made a movie worth telling with the jetsons but i i just think this was not the thing to expand or or worth expanding i was just gonna say like i am happy because like i said i had these vague undefined like half memories of this movie and like like all i could remember was that dingy dark atmosphere like underneath the mine and like i almost you know what kind of tweaked like my nostalgia or like not nostalgia but it kind of like gave me like almost deja vu was when like elroy gets like buried at the end and like jane and george freak out about it and like i kind of like always like that kind of probably like affected me as a kid like where they're both you know they both kind of freak out because you know if, if your parents and your kids like in danger you freak out and like I, I don't know why but like that that left an impression on me like the same in the same way when in transformers the movie when spike's like Hurry! like mm. it always 
that always left an impression on me just because you don't you didn't often see your parents get freaked out like that so yeah i had vague memories too like i thought there was more sequences of like elroy playing basketball so like i was expecting i don't know i was expecting that to come back into play at the end but it it didn't so i guess that was you know just one of those fuzzy like memories i had you know, kind of like you, Mike, I had like a lot of memories of them like being underground and it being kind of dark and and spooky and stuff. But yeah, I think, I don't know, I guess I have to put this in the same category as Voltron. Like when those 10 DVD sets came out, I was like, oh boy, Voltron. Mm. Like I remember, I remember I loved Voltron as a kid. I'm going to buy this yeah, and watch it. I know where this and is I remember, going. And I remember putting in that first disc and falling asleep almost immediately. And I just, yeah. no matter how hard I tried, I could not make it through that first disc. Yeah. And I finally just gave up. I was like, man, like, is this, I, it just made me sad. I'm like, man, I'm so sad. Like something, something I love so much as a kid. Like I can't, I can't even stay awake through as an adult. And I'm kind of sad. I spent like 20 bucks on this thing. <laughs> I, I, I still got all the tins just cause I thought they were cool. But yeah, I, I was the same they right there. Cool. Like, like where I was like, I can't, I can't get through this without going into a coma. Like just wasn't, wasn't happening. Like, dude, that, like that's the voice of Optimus Prime. He's trying to like pit me up, but I'm just like, Oh, is there? Hold on. Okay. There's a grungies. Grungies. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> I can't believe that shit. That was just like, and then it's like, okay, Spacely, you're going to pay them a living wage. It's like, okay. Oh, boy. Oh, the grungies. They're space monchi cheese. Like, like, there's no way. I mean, what, what were you going to do? Oh, yeah, send those, send those grungies out the fucking airlock. Fuck them. You know, like, no, they have all these, like, it's like having, like, five billion freaking the childs all looking at you with the googly eyes going, well, don't hurt us. You know, like, you know, it's just, yeah. Mr. Spacely should have been like, I'm going to bomb this whole asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> <to the grave." laughs> It's like it's like they they it's like they took the Jetsons and what we got was like like a a very tame version of Avatar you know like that's 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 what came <laughs> out of the Jetsons tame. movie like very very tame. <sighs> that would also occur to me like and this is why it's my Avatar. It's like when when did the Jetsons first come out? The sixties like what like sixty. 8? 67? Is that right? I don't know. 62. Oh, 62. Okay. Yeah. Like, I almost feel like Mr. Spacely's, like, vaguely influenced by J. Jonah Jameson. Mm. Like, he's got he's got the little, like, Hitler stash. Yeah. And, like, he's always, you know, yelling at Jetson, and he's, like, a, a miser, and, like, I, I don't know, maybe, like, just vaguely, like... But I, like I just got that impression from him, this like thing where you know I'm I, like I, I put in my avatar and like get me pictures of Sprocket Man. Like, <laughs> I guess I guess if it's sixty two, they they both kind of they both kind of were demanding uh, things from their underlings at, at around the same time. Yeah, wonder if that that could have been an episode. George Jetson becomes a superhero named Sprocket Man and. <laughs> He he takes pictures of himself or Mr. Spacely or something. But yeah, like I said before, this was this was banal. Like this was just like it was like like I said, I had to watch it in two segments and I was just like I could have sworn like, you know, I can I've seen like 
Flintstones repeats, like probably in the last like 10 years. I'm like, I'd watch one and I'd be like, hey, that's that's pretty clever or pretty funny. But like, like I'd, I always assumed the Jetsons were along the same lines where it wasn't like, you know, super adult or anything, but it was still pretty clever like and stuff. But this like didn't have like this didn't have anything like there wasn't. You know, there weren't any really good jokes. Like there weren't. There was very, very tame humor. Yeah, it's like it's like that they they couldn't capture whatever lightning in a bottle they did for the TV series. And maybe I'm talking up the TV series too much because I haven't watched that in a long time. But I I agree with you that there was there was something to that TV series where people enjoyed it and there was there there was humor to it. I think you know a lot of the stuff with like you know Rosie doing the the robot stuff and and. Spacely and 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 you know just the kind of the, the every man that George is supposed to be and you, you know even even Judy Jetson playing up the stereotype of kind of the the valley girl you know like oh my god like type you know teenage girl angst where it's like played for laughs and everything like that and you know Jane was supposed to be the the, it's like she's she's a future housewife, which is kind of like this weird oxymoron anachronism, but not, you know? But, like, in this, it was almost like it cracked me up because it's like they had nothing for her to do. So she's like, George, if you take the vice president job and move, you're going to ruin my recycling projects. And I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, all right. But uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's Ju- just... Judy's Judy's new boyfriend does look like Captain Planet a little bit. He does look like Captain Planet. Wow, I didn't I didn't realize that Judy was dating Captain Planet. Well, once again, I'm sorry for booking this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Hey, we need we needed we needed justice for the murderer of Mel Blanc and uh, <laughs> what's his name and. Uh, George's voice acting. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. we brought we brought this movie to justice. Yeah. It's like they could have been at home with their families and everything, but they were recording this bullshit. Uh, I look like you said it, but it's like even like I think on the Wikipedia page I, I read it's like, you know, like he dropped dead recording this movie basically. Pretty like, much. Like that's what it sounds yeah. like. I mean, it sounds like he was on his on death's door right up until the time he finished recording this, which you know, I I guess that's a testament to worth ethic, but you know, that's that's uh, kind of weird. Oh, it says there was a Jetson cereal out around the time of the movie. I think I remember eating that kind of. Hmm. I wonder if it was like every other cereal. It was like some kind of like yellowish concoction corn poppy thing that had like spaceships <laughs> or something like, and you just ate the spaceships or something. I don't know. It was just it was just a little cube, and you like swallowed the cube, and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that was a good cereal." See, yeah, that's that that's the first thing I remember about this movie, which was that the you talk about the humor. It's like that that was it was the whole uh, let's cut out the eggs, Rosie, and then they cut that cube in half, and it's like, "Oh, you're watching your weight, Mister J." And when she said Mister J, I was I almost thought, "Oh my God!" I had like I was like I had the uh, I, I was like going through. Uh, conniption fits because i was yeah i was having harley quinn visions like where i was like oh my god what's going on ah. you know like so rosie the robot did it before harley quinn and she did do it before harley quinn i just don't think of mr j as mr jetson unfortunately so is this another of your ugly babies justin <laughs> i guess so <laughs> ugly, ugly baby month continues on oh. <laughs> 
ugly Monchichi abomination. Uh, well, okay. I, I feel like I feel like the tenth doctor. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm just hanging out in the rain. I'm sorry. Uh, shit, I need my mind wiped. I can be like Donna. I just wanna like I gotta go back to not remembering this again. Alright, well, if you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, if the Jetsons from 1990 was your favorite movie and you think we're a bunch of duty heads, um, skip the emails to fanholspodcast.gmail.com because you're not going to convince me otherwise. And our, the backlog of our episodes could be found on fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. We are on all kinds of social media. You can stream us on Stitcher Radio. We are on Spotify and Google Play. We can be found on Apple Podcasts. We're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We appreciate all the likes, shares, hearts, retweets, etc. that we receive. And until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. It's Mike. Bomb the grungies. Bomb them. <laughs> this is Justin signing off. Derek, stop this crazy podcast. <laughs> it's like Casper uh, Van Dien's like, fuck the grungies. Kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like doing a mind thing. He's like, it's afraid. It's afraid. <laughs> the grungies are afraid. Yeah. <laughs> win it's like there's a grungy behind uh, like in a cage and Neil Patrick uh, Harris is like to kill a uh, grungy like shoot him right in the fucking face <laughs> <laughs> I got a fucking button for you to push George uh, uh, oh boy I'm sorry <laughs> that's a guy the, the, I was just like it was funny because I was like I don't really remember this at all so and then I was just like oh god okay yeah, I was I was kind of like this had to have been good, right? Like I watched it, like like. Oh yeah, no. like I said, I remember watching it like more than once. Like I rented it from the movie place a couple of times, so I liked it at some point. It just I just grew up, I guess. Well, maybe maybe it's like one of those things, like you know how like we couldn't get the Jetsons TV. It's not like it was easy to get. Like you watch Jetsons on TV, but then. The only thing you could get from the video store was like the kind of paltry movie version of it that wasn't quite the TV show, and then you just kind of got accustomed to that or something. Like mm. I don't know. I feel like sometimes that that would happen too, where it's like, oh, this is all I can rent, so I just I have to like it because it's what I have or something. I don't know. Who is booking this crap? <laughs>